This episode is sponsored by our friend Snugplug. You know I don't do many sponsorships. So when I do, you know that I believe in the product. We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with Snugplug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a snug plug. A big thank you to our sponsor, iFixit, who fights for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She's a beacon of hope in the darkest night. Mercury, Mercury Stardust. She'll teach you how to make it all alright. Hey there, hi, my name is Mercury, and I'm the trans handy ma'am. My pronouns are she, her, and I teach compassionate DIY. We're here to help renters, LGBTQIA members, and anyone who's feeling left out in a DIY space. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Handy Ma'am Hotline. I am joined, as always, by my wonderful, amazing, esteemed, and sexy, and horny podcast host, <laughs> M- Maggie Conrad. <laughs> Maggie, you are you royalty. You said horny, and he played horny. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie, we we just started the podcast. Go to Patreon if you want to hear where this started. (laughs) I just want to say thank you to my wonderful um, best friend Matthew Allen Hag, who is the sound person for this show. Matthew, that was a wonderful. You, I before the show, I asked Matt, "Do you have any extra sound that we've talked about?" And he was like, "Yes." And I was hoping it was going to be like bowls, bowls, bowls. Horny, horny cows. Horny bull. Bull. Yes, that. I, I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Sorry, advance for the topic I, of this podcast. I thought it was going to be cats or fireworks, and then Matt said, "You're going to be disappointed. You were wrong." I w- I'm so happy that you had horns in your back pocket. Um, no, Matt. Uh, audience, uh, the audience loves you, Maggie. They love you so much they want to treat you like royalty, mm. um, and that they they. You really toot their horn. <laughs> you toot their bugle. Bugle. Okay. I don't know what that means. Okay, Maggie, we're going to start the show now. Moving on. Okay. Hey, everybody. How you doing, Maggie? I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing really good. By the time that people have listened to this podcast, a few things have, will have happened. We will have been coming back and have been back for a bit from our Topeka trip. Yeah. Now, if you have questions about the Topeka trip, you know, if you saw it on Instagram, you saw it on YouTube, and you saw it on TikTok... I have no idea. We're going to be going down to yeah. Topeka in the next few days, and all of this is in the past. You're listening to past Mercury, so present Mercury has no fucking idea, you know, <laughs> what I'm going to get myself into, okay? Yeah. So, like, Topeka has been going on for eight months? Not, yeah, eight eight months. Yeah. It, uh, for, for Here's a recap for those who do not know. One day, we got an email on, like, a Tuesday... Saying, hey, we have our dad, who's our chosen dad, named Luke, uh, needs help, and his roof is collapsing. And on, what was it? Was it a Wednesday or a Thursday? We met with him on a Thursday? 
We met with them, like, I think on Wednesday and Thursday you decided to drive down. Yes. So this is what happened. We met with them on Wednesday. I saw how bad it was. I said, we're doing a video. We did a video. The video went did really well. We raised $35,000 in, like, a fucking day for his roof. That weekend. Right? That weekend. Yeah. And then I drove after a burlesque show, so we didn't get done until midnight, from Madison, Wisconsin, all the way to Topeka, Kansas, mm-hmm. which is the home of the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. And I spent the weekend there. Like, I spent one day. Night. I spent one, one Oh, my God. I spent one night. You got there at 9 a.m., and then you left, I think, that next morning. Wow. Oh, my God. That turnaround. Mm-hmm. Nine-hour drive, wasn't it? Yeah. Nine hours there, nine hours back. 18 hours. Because you had to be back for a burlesque class. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's right. I had 18 hours of a drive for a three minute, for like a three hour meeting, I think. Yeah. And when we were down there, we met with Habitat Humanity. We met with some other people and we discovered that this was going to be a big job. And I, me, Maggie decided that no matter how big it was, we're going to stick it through. Mm-hmm. And for the last eight months, we've been behind the scenes, really working with Luke to make this happen. It, yeah. And it, I got to tell you, we learned a lot. <laughs> I'm so thankful for everyone who donated money to that. Yeah. I really am. They changed his life. Yeah, they changed his life forever. I, I mean, he still has things he's going to need to work through. That is a, it's a trailer. And it, there's a lot of things you're going to need to be to be able to get through. But the roof mm-hmm. is a big thing. And he'll be able to at least sleep. Without getting raindrops on his head. You know, like, I, 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 that's huge. Is it perfect? No. But it's something. And I'm really happy we're able to do what we can. And I don't know. It's been wild. But eight months is a long time. Yeah. And now, this weekend, we're going to be driving down there. And I'm going to be fixing the interior of the the, the trailer for him. Yeah, the um, ceilings where the leaks came through. Yep. So, the, the roof is repaired now. And now, all we got to do is inside. And then we're good to go. And then he'll be... Most of what we need to repair will be done, and the rest is is on and on Luke to take forward. So I'm really happy we saw it through, but boy, I'm tired and I'm exhausted by this project. And we haven't made it down there. And <laughs> there's so much more to this story, but we legally can't tell you all the story. But someday we will. I promise. Someday we will tell you the entire in and out why this took so long, all the things that happened. You could write a whole fucking book on the Topeka mm-hmm. trip. Uh, it has been a wild wild ride and i've learned more about humanity i've learned more about this business and i've learned more about us as content creators than i ever thought possible and i will say this any we're not hdtv yeah we're not home makeover we're not miracle workers we're uh, a trans lady and a very determined mom (laughs) who can get shit done and that's how we've done this. And I, I, I'm spit in vinegar to make this possible. This is not magic that we just pulled off. This yeah. was like literally hard work and a lot of trust came from all of you. So thank you so much for all that. Maggie, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm nervous about the trip, but I'm so, so excited to meet Luke because he and I have met, you know, pretty <gasps> You regularly. never met him in person. Yeah. That's right. You didn't either, did you? No, I never met him in person either. I just yeah. realized that because when I went down there, he was uh, out of town. I had a very tight window. I couldn't stay. Yeah. So, and Luke was sadly, he had to go to a pride event mm-hmm. for Luke is um, uh, a leading member of uh, very, uh, several different activist groups down in Topeka. And that was a part of the reason why we said yes to it, because mm-hmm. he, he devotes his life to activism and to 
Black Lives Matter and and various many Taking other care things. Of the queer kids. Yeah, he's a wonderful man, and I just fell in love with him so quickly. So I'm really I'm excited to meet him. I'm happy that we we were able to do this. So what a wild ride! Mm-hmm. What a fucking ride this has been. Yeah. But anyways, speaking of ride, <laughs> Megan, do you want to go on the merry-go-round of Q's and A's? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I should have said roller coaster. Ah, shit. <laughs> I should have said roller coaster. All right, play the first Q. Hi, Miss Handy, ma'am. My name's Jasmine, and I'm she, her pronouns. I had a question about my dishwasher and drainage. So in my apartment... Every time we have to run the garbage disposal, because if we don't, the water backs up and then it gets inside of the dishwasher. And I wasn't sure how to fix it. I've done like the drainer cleaner. I've run the dishwasher, hot water, everything. And I know they're connected somehow, but I'm not sure how to fix it. I really hope you can answer my question. Thank you. Have a great day. This is when, when we get questions like this, hey, I need you to all know this. I didn't say this at the top. We never heard these questions prior. Mm-hmm. Maggie has. I have never heard these questions. <laughs> so I'm going into these episodes cold turkey. And I have to tell you, this is one where I'm like, God, you guys don't give me, you guys think I'm smarter than I am. Uh, I, sometimes I get these questions and I'm like, when do I answer appliance questions? I don't. I avoid them for a reason, guys. This is, you do garbage disposals all the time. Yeah, but a garbage disposal is a whole goddamn different story than a flipping dishwasher. I will say this: Renda on TikTok is a very good friend. We love Renee. Renee is the Renee, the appliance maintenance tech, is wonderful. She's great. She will have a lot of videos on this. I'm going to do the best I can on this. There is a drain hose. That is connected behind your dishwasher. Okay? If you pull out your dishwasher or try to, you will see this drain hose that's probably connected to some type of, like, uh, system with your garbage disposal. Like, it's all going to the same drain. Mm-hmm. Okay? It, there might be some tube stuff going on. There's probably some hose clamp stuff going on. It, they're, not, they're not much. They're these, like, fucking tiny little hoses. That, and they get clogged up good. If you got gunk in there and you've never, ever, ever cleaned that out, this is when you take that off right and you blow it out like you you run water through it or you take a, some type of like brush and you pull a brush through through there or you take a hose and you shoot a hose through it, or an air compressor and you pop out as much of the dirt and the grime as you can in there i would suspect that two things could happen in this instance you know you put a little bit of a dirty plate in there and it grimes up in there grease could absolutely block up in your your hose also, you could have some backlash or like black, uh, like um, like a little bit of a pushback from the garbage disposal. You could get it to go the wrong direction, especially if you're running the garbage disposal at the same time as your your dishwasher. I think there could be some type of miscommunication happening with the hose system because they're all sharing the same sewage line. So there could be some type of back up stuff is happening that could mm-hmm. cause that too. So I would say pull it out and see what's happened back there. Maggie, as someone who owns a home, am I wrong? Am I right? No, I think you're right on right on point. I think also the only thing that I know about dishwashers and garbage disposals, because we're actually dealing with something similar right now, uh, is the air gap. Ooh, yeah, that's a good so one. So if yep. the air gap is backed up and it's not letting air out, it will back up the garbage disposal. Yep. Because it can't explain the air gap for those who do not know. Uh, So, like, think about a a bottle 
of water, yes. right? If you turn it upside down, like, not a, bo- a bottle of water. So Close. But, but right, like how you shotgun a beer. Yeah. Right? You put yeah, the hole in go. the bottom. Yes. And you open it up, and it comes shooting out really fast because of the hole that you put, that's an air gap, right? Yep. So, my college no, this is working for you here. I was like, wow, um, Maggie, <laughs> Maggie has lived a wild life, everybody. So, just like you need to, you know, open up another hole to shotgun a beer, your dishwasher needs the same thing to be able to drain properly. It needs somewhere to release the air so that the water can go down. So if yeah. it, if yeah. that was the only thing that kind of came to mind for me. Yeah, I mean the air gap could absolutely be it. Um I would try the take off the take off the holes and you'll find a whole bunch of answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that should be that I think that will do it. I honestly think that'll do it. And then, now if there isn't a problem there, did they say the garbage disposal was having an issue too? Like both They said the garbage disposal gets backed up and goes into the dishwasher. Yeah, which makes sense because those are connected, to, like you said, to the same line. So it's not an. To I me, wonder, it's not unusual. Is that, this that happening? happening? Is this happening? Well, that, that that could mean there's a clog farther down past it, though. Mm-hmm. Right, like if they if, if it's backing up into the dishwasher, right, it's going to take the point of least resistance, right? Right. So when you got it, let's just imagine you got a whole bunch of um, you got a highway, right, or a tunnel. Let's go with a tunnel, and all the cars are going through this tunnel and they're having a good time, and you have off ramps on the tunnel. Right, but let's say someone floods the tunnel. Right, mm-hmm. the the flood, the water is going to go out in the nearest exit. Now, if you think of this as the hose coming, but the the pipes coming from the the, the, the garbage disposal and the hose coming from the dishwasher, the point of least resistance is going to be the dishwasher. Right, it's connected last, right before it goes down, more than likely. Right. You got to go a little higher up to go to your garbage disposal, I think, right? So if something is farther down the line, right, eight feet down the drain, mm, yeah, that could back up and then go and push that into your dishwasher. So, so you, the uh, first thing I do, check the holes to the dishwasher, to the pipe. Then I would check, take an, a pistol grip hand auger. And put the, you can even put the drill in the back of it, so you got like a, a mini electric drain auger, and then shoot that down the pipe. Go take off the p trap, yeah, and then put it down there. Bend the tip of the auger at forty five degree angle, and then just feed it down slowly and just slowly turn in and and make sure it, it grabs around the edges, and then it should pull down the auger and go down like ten feet, and it you should hit it. You should hit something, and then. Just see if you uh, you feel it, okay? And that should take care of that, right? Am I right? Yeah, I, I think one hundred percent. I think you gave didn't give yourself enough credit on this question. You know, okay, okay, Maggie, are you trying to say <laughs> this was a a fairly standard uh, plumbing question? Are for you, you are you trying to say I'm a pessimist, Maggie? Yeah. Okay. For those who don't know, there's an I'm on- not sure I want to Maggie and I have an ongoing debate. Okay, the internet thinks I'm a positive. <laughs> I nothing gets me down kind of person. Maggie knows me as a Debbie Downer in every conversation. Maggie will be like, "Today was great." I'd be like, "Yeah, nineteen trans women died in a, think... in a car crash last night." Like no. I'm like I'm dark. <laughs> I get dark fast, you know. But I also think you're harder on yourself than you are on anybody else. Is really what it is. Oh yeah, okay. You know, we'll go with that. You don't give yourself. All right, Maggie. Way. Let's get the next cue. Okay, Maggie. <laughs> let's get off a of mercury therapy session. <laughs> 
I love you. <laughs> Hi there. First of all, I'd like to thank you for your compassionate approach to content because I it's done wonders for anxiety that I've had um, in regards to home repair issues because I don't really have anybody in my life that I can ask those questions to. So just, you know, thank you for that. But here's my question. I live on the top floor of a condo and I have cracks in the ceiling of every single room. And these cracks don't go out into the middle of the ceiling or anything. They just go parallel along where the ceiling meets the wall. And I'm just wondering whether or not this is something, you know, a major issue I need to be worried about, like the ceiling could fall in, or whether or not this is something that could be fixed, you know, just by slapping paint on it. I've had maintenance people in here looking at it, and they say that, oh, it's probably just because you're on the top floor, there are temperature changes, and it causes a little crack. So I'm just wondering, how worried should I be about these cracks in the ceiling, and is it an easy fix? Thank you. Bye. Wow. Thank you for this question. This is a wonderful one, because I feel like this is a great opportunity to just talk about the top floor of larger buildings. Did they say how mm-hmm. tall this building was? No. We're going to say three stories. Let's just say three stories. That's a basic nice height. That's high enough to be an issue, not too high to be a major issue. Mm-hmm. Ten stories will be a whole different story, okay? The higher up you go with these buildings, right, you're going to have fluctuation. Mm. Fluctuation happens. Right, It happens at a larger degree the higher up you go, okay? You're going to have movement. Now, there's two things going on here. One, I don't think the drywall was done properly when it was installed. Yeah. I that, that, what you're seeing, you can actually visually see straight lines of cracking. That straight line of cracking up in the corner of a ceiling is caused by something called corner bead. That corner bead was not properly sealed off, was not mudded properly. Mm -hmm. They didn't put enough mud underneath it. And every single room, because here's the thing, one guy, one person (laughs) will do corner bead for the entire space. That's how this usually works. When they go in to do this, one person does this, one person does that, another person juggles some hats, another person pets a cat. They all do the same specific task in every single room. In every single space. It's very likely that the same two guys or same two people did the corner bead for every single room. And that's the, what you're seeing. They did a piss poor job yeah. laying the mud. The second thing you're seeing is that over time, the moisture, because heat rises, right? That heat rises. It's going to be in the building more. It's going to hit your ceiling harder than it hits other people's ceiling, right? Mm. I would suspect, though... This problem that you're seeing is on the second and first floor, too, right? I would expect, because I think this is more of a money issue, not so much of an other issue. But I do think the higher up you get in the building with the heat and everything, I do think you're going to have more of a severe issue. Now, is this anything to concern? No, it's a cosmetic issue. This is not a structural issue. This is very much like um, a problem that you can solve by... If you really want to solve this problem, like if this is, I want to, I want this to look nice. This isn't like slapping a coat of paint. This is taking a knife, a utility knife, and cutting above it and like getting to it and then adding a shit ton of mud, get moisture up in there, mm. and then pushing it up and setting into mud. I would say you could do like a 90 minute mud or something, put it underneath that, that corner bead, and then put it in there and stick it real good put some screws into it maybe make it stick a little harder into the uh, joist up there and then 
you mud it on top and you just like make it look nice. And you add a lot of joint compound. You're going to want joint compound for the for the top coat, especially. And maybe for the whole job, to be honest. Because joint compound is going to fluctuate more and it's going to ha- handle mm-hmm. heat and moisture better. Uh, other types of mud, hot mud being included, that five-minute mud and the 90-minute mud won't handle changes to the environment as well. They're stiffer. They're not the bamboo sticks of drywall. They are, you know, an 80-year-old grandmother's back. Okay? (laughs) Sorry. I don't know why I got so specific. I'm so sorry to the 80-year-old listeners listening to this. I would say that the joint compound is your bamboo stick. It will be way more flexible and probably do a lot better of a job. Yeah? Yeah. That sounds like... I I love... Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. (laughs) I love, I sit here for five minutes. I give the most detailed goddamn answer I could imagine. And Maggie looks like Bambi in front of a car. And Maggie will look at me and be like, I don't know. (laughs) Why are you the co-host? No, no. Okay. In my defense, I was imagining, as you were like talking about this, I was literally imagining like doing this work. And I was just thinking work but then i didn't want to say that out loud because i didn't <laughs> want to deter her from doing it so you caught my like split second I thinking of you. like no don't say that out loud <laughs> okay it's not that much work though it isn't yeah it isn't it isn't it isn't is it uh here's the thing there's like four or five rooms <laughs> yeah but the last like time you're gonna be an expert yeah you know i honestly don't think this is terrible i think this is manageable it sounds like this isn't an apartment. They said maintenance technician. I think she said condo. She said condo, but then she said maintenance person came over. Yeah, I mean, I think condos still have. Oh, they could. You know, yeah, yeah. It all depends what your association is. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, my hot take would be this is very manageable. Um, I think you could totally do it if you can't a afford it right now or don't have the time. It's gonna be okay. It's not gonna necessarily be. A problem where it's going to get really bad. I think it's just the corner bead. So it might get longer and wider, but it's not going to, I don't think, now theoretically, I don't know this for sure. I don't think you will start seeing cracks further into the center of the room. Uh-huh. This will be into the corners, and I think it'll just extend into the corners over time. But I don't think it's going to like be a big old crack in the middle of your ceiling, okay? And if she is a renter, this would be on maintenance then. Mm-mm. No. They ain't doing it. Mm. Okay, so. Okay. There's no way in the world, Maggie, this will be done while the renter lives there. Okay? Mm, I'm going to be honest with you. Do do I think this should be? Yes. Yeah. Will it? No. It's the most lowest priority for a maintenance technician. There's no way. This is not a structural problem. This isn't, um, you know, all it is is a cosmetic. I want to say, in a perfect world, yes, Maggie. But I know landlords and I know technicians. There's no way. Would I have done this as a technician? Absolutely. But I would have got my butt chewed out. You know what I mean? Like, But they'll uh, do it in between tenants. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because, again, they got to sell it. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna make it. But also, they probably won't do it well. Because in order to do it well, it's going to be way more time consuming. You're going to need to like really get in there to do it. It's going to be a messy job if you do it really well. Yeah, you know what I mean. But again, it's manageable. You know, but it's it's a messy job, Mm -hmm. and it's time consuming. So like, 
uh, maintenance technicians, when they do turnovers, they're, well, they're going to have a couple days. You know what I mean? I don't want to be the – again, I'm the pessimist, okay? <laughs> I'm going to just tell you what I think the honest truth is. And I, especially after running this podcast, I have no faith in, in, in most landlords. Yeah. Um, but, again, if you're a landlord listening to this, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for putting your feet to the fire. And also, think about that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it, I think when renters see that kind of stuff, I think that in the back of their head, they're like, mm, I don't really care about the carpet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it. I think it's just a circle. I think when landlords see that kind of when when tenants see that kind of stuff, I think it psychologically gets in the back of your head. Mm. And when I started when I start seeing stuff as a renter myself, I've been a renter a long, uh, um, the last sixteen, seventeen years in Madison. When I see problems that are that like someone definitely glossed over that issue, I don't know. I care a little less. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I know people are going to come at me about the property and it being someone else's property. And that's all true, but it's my home, and I'm one staring at it, and the only person who's going to fix it is you, and you won't fix it. So yeah, you're not making me feel great you about the home I live in. What you put into yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, to me, it's like, I don't know. It's in your best interest as a landlord, I think, to take those cosmetic issues at least fairly reasonably uh, serious. You know, if it, I think most tenants just want to hear you care. Yeah. I think they just want to say a month, two, three. I think if you're saying, you know what, right now we have like nine tenants that need this, this, and this, and that, and we're really tight right now, but I promise by the end of the second quarter of this year, we will have it done. I think tenants will listen. I think most tenants will understand, especially if you reinsure them that their safety is not at risk. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I think you can build that trust. I I think most people are reasonable. Some people might be mad, but like I think you better than nothing. Yeah. And most of the time, you're not gonna get nothing. You're not gonna get anything on it. Sorry, everybody. I love you. <laughs> if you're a tenant, you're the best. <laughs> if you're a landlord, keep trying. Do better. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I know there's a lot of landlords that listen to this. I love you all too. Okay, <laughs> the ones who listen to this are not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a question from Ollie. They, them pronouns, and they're from Texas. Um, loveliest trans handy, ma'am. I have my first official home, except it's complete dumpster fire. Aww. But it's mine, so I decided this year to finally turn this mobile house into a home I'm proud of. Aww. I'm starting to plan out budgeting and making a master list of the things I need, want to fix and upgrade. What do you suggest is the first step for someone who's a complete beginner at everything and looking to keep as low a cost as possible? Love you. So are they basically asking, they want like, I, I need to do a whole overhaul. Do I, where do, do I start? Yeah, how do I prioritize and keep budget? Oh, such a good question. This is always a hard one because it's like, I don't know what your water heater situation is. I don't know what your HVAC situation is. I don't know what your air conditioning situation is. I don't know what your plumbing situation is. There's a lot of that kind of stuff, right? But maybe that actually is a good place to start, right? I, you think of your home as a skeleton, right? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you wouldn't make someone who has more brittle bones run a marathon. You know what I mean? <laughs> you would, you would, you would, you would like lean them into that. You know, like train them up and make sure you take care of their 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 joints, right? I think if you think of it as a skeleton. We're thinking plumbing. We're thinking electrical. We're thinking water heater and breaker. And we're thinking of those things first, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Make sure those things are in workable conditions. And 
Do they need to be completely functional? I mean, define functional, first of all. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it works for you, it works. Okay? But beware that if you put off those kind of things, the longer you put them off, the more expensive they will be. Yeah. Okay? If you're in a trailer, the first thing I want you to think about is the floor. The floor is basically particle board in most trailers. They're not designed long term. Okay? Trailers will deteriorate. Their entire floor will disintegrate. Okay? So if this is a used trailer, which I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. There's a very good chance that that flooring should be inspected. And I would say you don't need an inspector inspector. Just go underneath it. Try to look at it and see what where, what it looks like and how bad the flooring is. You, sometimes it's so bad that carpet is holding it all together. Mm. So you rip the carpet up and woof, it's gone. Yeah. Okay? You got holes up the bazoo, right? So be aware of that. That's a strong structural skeleton way to look at it. The next part is what we were just talking about earlier in the podcast with Luke's home, the roof. Yeah. You know, they do some funky shit in trailers. And we have learned if you want a skylight in a trailer, I don't know what the fuck. If anyone <laughs> lets you do that, just don't. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You know, um, a lot of times they'll like want you to, you'll want to do those things. But those, those trailers are not made with that kind of structural integrity. Like, they're not made to withstand all that. You know, like, maybe they'll have one or two sheets of shingles on it, right? They won't have a lot on it. They're, I think you're supposed to do four in most homes. They don't need to do the same standards for trailers. Oh, so wow. I would say if you if, inspect it all and all the things I'm talking about, even if you walk on the roof or you go on, just look on the roof off of a ladder or something and just take a look at it and see any sloping. If there's sloping, there is a fire of brewing. Okay. Mm-hmm. If there's any type of like waves in it, which what we saw down at in, in Topeka, boy, think about that. Yeah. Okay. So let's do a recap because I just went over a lot really heavy and then we can kind of Talk about the soft stuff because I don't want to scare you too much, okay? But it's the floors, it's the roof, electrical and plumbing, hot water heater and breakers. Those are kind of the, the things that we we'll look at. Your appliances and stuff are, are, are up there too, but that all can sound overwhelming, right? So think about it this way. What have you noticed? Right? right? If you haven't noticed anything yet, that means you got a little bit of time still. But on, 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 on your day off, just walk around and take a look at this stuff and know that if it's not starting a fire yet, you, you don't need to rush just yet. Okay. It's okay. The, the, the floor has not caved in. <laughs> the roof has not fallen down. Um, and your breakers are running. That means something is going good and you got some time. So I, and then the next step would be what makes you feel comfortable, right? Like a fresh paint job, you know, uh, maybe decorating your home a little bit, changing out the like the cove base or mm-hmm. baseboard. You know, is it like changing out all the hardware, which is what I always tell people. I think changing out the like the wall, the outlet covers and the switch covers, and changing doorknobs and locks and all that kind of stuff can really help you have an intimate connection to your home. Mm-hmm. And I think especially with a trailer, it's not like these are not really expensive fixtures a lot of the times. With, with a trailer, it, it wouldn't cost that much to replace them and make himself feel real good, you know? And I think you can have a really nice shiny home 
real quick if you do a lot of the hardware changeouts and make everything look a little bit more like the way you want it to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Maggie? I mean, I agree. I think a lot of people often go into these like cosmetic DIYs first and then they uncover like a whole host of like structural yeah, issues. You see it a lot in older homes. Yeah. Yes. And so, yes, definitely like focusing on the things that may not necessarily be so pretty first, but that yep. can give you peace I, of mind. Yes. And then doing little like, you know, because you can generally do like work on a big project and also like some little things along the way. So like while you're working out the bones and you know making sure the structure is is where it needs to be and taking on those projects you could like mercury said do one of those like changing the door handles out or changing yeah. the fixtures or change you know updating the light switches so that they're not like old and yellow you know those little things that you can do quickly in a day that make you feel good because yeah uh as somebody who's done you know diy and in an old home it, it's probably better to kind of get a lay of the land before you start really going to those like heavy DIY yeah, cosmetic, I, I think that projects. when when people get a new home, especially trailers, they get so excited because like, wow, it's just such an exciting adventure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, take a moment, live in it for a bit. bit. Like if you if you haven't already, live in it for just a little bit, and let yourself really like feel what the home needs. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I I think that like even when we moved in, so great example. We moved into this studio, what, like five, four months ago? Uh, November. November? November, three months ago. Yeah. And we are in the basement of an old, 100-year-old building. It's an old industrial building. And this space was definitely meant for, like, kind of like an overflow for businesses and offices. Yeah, cubicles. We're retrofitting it to be like a workspace. You know, it doesn't have proper ventilation. There's some sound issues. We're doing the best that we can to make this space work. The first week we were here, we had to make a lot of decisions because we couldn't rest on just bringing the stuff in here. We had to make the space work for us fairly quickly. We could not afford the opportunity to live in the space and let the space be the space, right? I really wish we could have. Because I think that's when you find out, oh, we want to add a wall here. Right. We want to do this. This is where this room is going to be. This is where that room is going to be. We were going to come in here and do a demol- demolition and do a lot of different stuff. And now we, we're like, fuck it. We're not going to do that. We're going to just do this and this. And we're going to cobble it all together. And I think that there's a lot to it about like when you go into a space, I'll let the space be what it is first. Yeah. And find out what that space can do for you as it is. And then grow with it, change with it, mold with it, let it evolve naturally instead of forcing an image onto it. If you Now, people are going to disagree with me, but often those people deal with newer things and not older things. Older yeah. things will already have a preconditioned idea of what it is. Mm-hmm. And if you walk in there and you want it to be different... You are forcing fight it the whole way. Yes. <laughs> Every step of the way will be yeah. tooth and nail, you know? <clears throat> if if you get a foster care dog that is ten years, twelve years old, right? Yeah. You can't unteach it. You have to learn how to work with it, right? You gotta yeah. learn how to to make uh, to to deal with the trauma and the pain that, that dog is carrying, right? You gotta be able to become the dog's best friend and earn its trust. Yeah. There's a lot of that with a home, and people call me Looney Tooney when they talk about it that way. You're so right, though. But I really Homes do. Hold trauma. Yes, 100%. And also remember, you are 
every single person who lived there prior to you, you are dealing with their decisions that they made. Mm-hmm. They might be, you might find out that they did something that was against code and no one caught it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They might find out that they replaced the flooring in a really weird way and just used a bunch of cardboard. You know, you might find out some crazy oh, yeah. shit. Been there. You might find out some crazy. Rip up the carpet to find holes in the floor. <laughs> better yet. Better yet. Um, you rip open the wall. And you find that someone patched the wall with McDonald's bags. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm guessing you're, you know, speaking from experience yeah. on that one. Here's a great one. Here's a great one. Uh, hey, can we get new insulation in this room? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there insulation in this wall right now? Oh, uh, yeah. No, absolutely there's insulation. Open it up. 1992 newspaper uh, from the Madison Press-Gazette. Uh, yeah. That's all it was. That's the insulation they had. Just paper. Just paper. Oh I cannot tell you. I hope they got they sprayed it with fire guard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck, nothing like nothing like putting tinder in the fucking walls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's something code. <laughs> it was pretty common back in the day, but usually you sprayed it with like you know asbestos and shit like that too. Oh, so yeah, yeah. you know it's a whole different experience nowadays. But yeah, I mean you're dealing with people's past decisions, yeah. and I think that there's something to that. You know, how many have we got through? Have we got through three so far? Boy, I am just, I'm dragging these out today. People are getting an extra long episode. Hi, my name is Kennedy. I am from Salt Lake City, Utah, and my pronouns are she, her, sometimes gremlin, depending on who you ask, aka my significant other. Um, I have been a longtime fan of the trans handy ma'am. I've learned so much, and all of her videos have really helped me learn and how to take care of my apartment that we're living in, but I am calling because, well, long story short, a while back, probably like a year or so, my significant other and I accidentally left a candle unattended in our bathroom overnight, which was pretty scary to find out the next morning, but luckily there wasn't really any serious damage. The most damage that really happened is a burn ring on our counter because when the candle burnt down, it melted the glass container it was in and burnt our counter. So now we just have this burn ring in our bathroom counter. So I was just wondering if you had any suggestions or advice of what we could do to try potentially fix it before we move out because I know the cost for it is probably a bit to replace an entire counter considering that they don't even have it listed on their fees on the lease. So, yeah, I was just wondering if you had any suggestions. I would absolutely love it. Uh, bye. Oh, first and foremost, don't not beat yourself up. This stuff happens. This stuff happens. I will say that, unfortunately, it really all depends on what your landlord says, right? Like, it really, I, I can't, I don't know for sure what they will say. I know for us. We might, like, try to hit it with some, like, DAP wood finish or that, like, JB Weld wood finish that we talked about in the previous episode and try to, like, blend the color in by using those, like, wood putty sticks that we talked mm-hmm. about, Maggie. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yep. With a heat gun and everything in the last episode. And then try to use polyurethane and the whole countertop, and that would maybe, like, clear it up a little bit. It's still going to look different. It looks like it's bubbling in the picture you mm-hmm. sent too. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a great fix to that that isn't like I I don't know. I think that the honest answer is some landlords are gonna be like, it shit happens. Yeah. Other landlords are gonna be like, You owe me a whole countertop. Mm. Do you know and, and it really could be that. And 
that is a large enough scale of a problem that like I don't know that looks like the bottom of a Red Bull can. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the, the as far as like the thickness goes, and that's big enough where you're not going to be able to hide it properly. And I and I think you could use because of the bump and the bubble, and it looks like there's a hole. Is there a hole like like a di- like a gouge kind of in it? It looks like the like. You know where you said it was bubbling a little bit, like yeah. the top kind of got scraped off. You could get countertop wood putty like repair kits, and try to find like two or three because this is like a marble finish, like it looks like a marble finish of some kind. Mm-hmm. So there's like variation on colors. You could try to do it now. In the previous episode, I said get a piece of wood and try it on a piece of wood first and see if you can get the right combination down for color and like thickness and. You take like a heat gun and you apply and you like rub it in. With this, it's kind of like a little bit different. I, I think you're just honest. I, I, I think you just reach out to your landlord and you're like, shit. Yeah. I that's my opinion. And I think you get it out of the air. I think this is way better to tell them now than to spring it on them. Sure. And I think this is this could also be something where you find out that they have a spare countertop somewhere. Mm. Because here's another thing. We can sometimes buy this in bulk. But True. we might work out a deal where we can get 10 of these that are the same dimension, same size and everything. And it might be a situation when you're like, oh, actually, uh, we have one that's like only made for your apartment. And we like bought too many in an accident. And now we can replace this because we have this for free anyways. But you are going to need to pay labor. Do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. might be that and that won't be nearly as bad. But you don't know that without asking. And I know, like, you could try to cobble this together. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, countertops like this, you just don't cobble them. That bubbling is not going to be easy to go away. Maybe you'll find something by Googling it because I think you could Google countertop repair bubbling. You might find something that I'm missing. But even that, I I can't see you getting like a a great repair on that. Yeah, it's it's a very textured uh, countertop with color and everything like that. So I don't know that you know texture in the way of like um being variations of dimensions of of color color yeah Yeah. not like it's a textured surface no yeah yeah it's a smooth surface that has the one bubble in it that a lot of color yes variations but the wood putty kit could work but i mean anything you do would cause further damage before it would be paired and all you're doing is trying it's kind of like having a bruised eye and trying to cover it up like Mm. it's still there you will always see the discoloration and the best way to really do it is to let it heal. But in this instance, you can't let it heal. It's going to have to be covered up. So, like, I think that the the, the the answer to this was probably least down to your landlord. But also, what a great question. I love questions like this because I think it's just, like, thank you for, like, telling me the truth and, like, letting like using your experience to let other people know. I just think that's yeah. so beautiful. And I also, like... It happens. I mean, mm-hmm. if I was in this situation as a technician, I would lobby for it just to be like, you know, hey, just let the next tenant know. I mean, I don't think, to me, this is a cosmetic issue. I don't know. Some landlords are real sticklers about the cosmetic stuff because they don't want to repair the other bigger issues. Right. Right? They want and to make it look pretty here, so nobody knows it's falling apart. He, here's what, you know, <laughs> we were just talking about the whole paper in the wall thing. To yeah. me, I would rather spend money on that. Then spend money on the cosmetic. Yeah. But so many renters only think they should focus on the cosmetic and they don't know what else to look for. 
So the landlord knows they can pull the wool for someone's eye by making it look good. Yeah. And if you make something that they spent money making look good, look bad, they're going to make you pay for it so they can get a better tenant. Mm. Yeah, it's shitty. I hate it. Welcome to the system. Let us know how it goes, Kennedy. Yeah, I hope I hope it goes well. I by the way, always call in. Like call in, leave us have if you've been on this podcast before and you had an answer, call in, leave us your follow-up. Oh, I would love to do like an update episode. I want to do an update episode so bad. We already did one or two. Like I think we've had mm-hmm. one or two call-ins. Please call in. I want to hear updates. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, I want to know if we solved the problem. And if you were someone who sent in a text, remember, you're more likely to have your answer, your questions answered if you call in. More people text than we get calls. So yeah. we're always going to get a bigger priority for the calls, but we're almost always going to get more texts. So yeah. we try yeah. our best to get as many. We try to spread it out as best we can. Okay. I think we answered that one, right, everybody? Good to go. Oh, uh, Matthew, what do you think? Yes. Thank you. All right, everybody. <laughs> Very clear and emphatic answer. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Kim. She, they pronounce from South Carolina. They say, hello, Mercury. I'm Kim from South Carolina. Just want to say first and foremost how much I love you and adore you. Aww. I wish you nothing but the best in all things. I own an 80s ranch, and it has the fuggliest popcorn ceiling. No amount of vacuuming <laughs> will help with the dust, and I'm over it. Sadly, it seems the ceiling is pretty uneven and patched in some spots. What would be the most economical and easiest way to remove the popcorn, or should I cover it? I'm open to that, too. Um, thank you. I mean, we've answered this question quite a bit over the last, like, 15 episodes, so you may have heard this answer already. But we're going to—I'm going to take it from—I'm not going to take the most obvious answer. I'm not going to take talk about removing it just yet. We're going to focus on patching it and patching it properly. Because they have popcorn repair kit, like texture kits, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's special, like, designed sponges for popcorn ceilings. Right, Maggie? Yeah. Like, literally, you put the, 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 the joint compound up there, and then you use the sponge to sponge it up there, and that will help patch up. If you have, like, patchy, weird spots that don't really seem to blend, mm-hmm. uh, popcorn repair, like, sponge will do the job. Or, like, a brush, right? Isn't it a sponge, Maggie? Um, yeah, I think it depends on is that crow's feet the, texture. The texture, yeah. Like if it's just a traditional popcorn, I believe that's the spray. But then, like crow's feet is the N- not always. There, there, there are sponges that are designed mm-hmm. for the the sponge for the popcorn ceiling. Yeah, and then you have the ones that like like you said, like crow's feet are the ones that look more like flowers or have like a shape to them. They look kind of like a crow just started to walk on your joint <laughs> compound a little bit, you know. Uh, but you can get a brush for that too. Yeah. We're gonna do a tutorial on that sponge soon roller. this week. Yeah. Okay, but that being said, that is like how you can repair the patchiness of it. Now, removal. I always talk about this, but this is where you get like a good joint compound blade, like a 12-inch blade. And you take a duct tape and you strap it to the front of a shop vac, like a um, some type of handle, right? And then you use that to collect the dust of a popcorn ceiling. Before you ever take popcorn ceiling off, you got to get it tested for asbestos. Right, Maggie? Always get it tested for asbestos. It's because popcorn ceilings were traditionally made before the 90s. They were called acoustic ceilings. They People thought at one point in time that they were really good for noise dampening. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? Not really, kind of, depends on how you look at it. And then, once you get it tested, about 50 bucks per kit, um, maybe do multiple areas. I think each kit comes with, like, multiple tests that you can send in. Mm-hmm. You'll basically mail it in, and it'll come back within a couple of weeks and let you know what it is. And then, once you know for sure there's not asbestos in it, then you can tear it down. But even when you do that, take everything out of that room. That fucking ceiling is going to be a mess. Popcorn is a messy job take everything out of that room that you can and the rest that you can't you cover it in plastic and you cover every fucking thing with plastic and canvas and then you can take it down but you're going to need to spray it with a little bit of water get it moist let it sit for a little bit Mm -hmm. and then you take that whole blade on the the snout of a a shop vac and you use that to scrape it off and that water it moist in there like we said earlier on the last podcast that drywall dash joint compound is dry and it soaks up water really good. Yeah. So it's going to soak that up and loosen it up so you'll be able to scrape it in there. And as you scrape it, you turn on the shop vac and it will start catching a lot of it. It will reduce some of the problems. Okay. Not, it won't be perfect. You're going to probably want to take the filter out of your shop vac for that, I think, because the thing is going to get clogged up pretty fast. And then uh, you just do that, and it'll rinse and repeat. And that will take a little bit. Do spray one section at a time, let it sit, and then let it go. And then you'll be able to take it down. Did it do a pretty good job? Yeah. I've answered this one so many and times. Some PPE. I've Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck you, Maggie. That's such a good one. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've answered this one so many times. I could do this one in my sleep. And then I missed the PPE. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Uh, wear long sleeves. Yeah. Wait, even if you get a tester for asbestos, and you know for sure it doesn't have it in there, treat it like it does. Yeah. Right? Same thing with electrical. When you do electrical stuff, treat it like it's hot, even if you turn it off. Right? Always err on the side of caution. Don't be brave. Okay? <laughs> wear the long sleeves. Wear the respirator. Wear the goggles. Yeah. Wear like a uh, something around your hair. Uh, you're going to get a lot in your hair if you don't. And as someone who has long hair herself, absolutely wear a bandana or a hat or a scarf or mm-hmm. something around your head. Right? Even like a, a shower cap. Anything that makes your hair good. Trust me. Trust <laughs> me. Do that. Did I cover everything? Yeah. And don't wear heels. Uh, you should be good to go. <laughs> so, but get I, some stilts. <laughs> I may have I may have done somehow uh, like renovations and heels or two. Sometimes you just, you know, you, randomly at 8 o'clock in the morning, you just want to tear down a wall. And you look know? pretty. And look pretty. And wear makeup. I think I'm talking about myself. Yes. <laughs> well, Maggie, I think we answered all the cues today. Maggie, did we answer all the cues? We got all the A's. Yeah. Remember, <laughs> if you have a question, if you have anything you want to share, if you have questions about life or a drywall repair, or rentals, or homeowners, or trailers, you can call 608 205 8768. Maggie, <laughs> I'm going to get this someday. You've had it before. You'll get it back. 608 205 8768. Yes. I, I'm always good once I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> once I know it, I'm really good, Maggie. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this wonderful podcast. If you want to support us and all the things we do here at Startup Studios, please support our Patreon. We have a $3, $10, and a $35 price difference. It helps us a lot. It supports us and it makes this pirate ship keep on floating. Thank you so much for all those who already do. Another reminder that if you want us to answer your question for sure, 
and make sure that we are helping you, you can reach out to us on Cameo, and I will send you to a three- to five-minute video to answer your questions. If you have a birthday request, a special day, or if you want to hear a pep talk, I'm very well known for those on Cameo, or if you want your just to have a good old DIY question and have me help you, you can send us some love on there. There is a price tag of $65, um, but you that money goes directly to supporting us right here, and it supports us doing other things too, so thank you for your help. Now, all that being said, by the time that this podcast is coming out, you may already have known this, but I think it's important for us to make sure that everyone knows. On March 30th and March 31st, me and Jory, Alluring Skulls on TikTok, will be raising $1 million for trans healthcare for Point of Pride. Mm. Trans healthcare Mm -hmm. by trans people for trans people. We're very much hell-bent on making this happen. We are going to need your help more than we have ever needed your help before. So please, if you're able to, once this goes live on our website, we're going to make only this available like on our merch tree and on our website. It's going to be everywhere. Probably a week before the fundraiser we're going to need as much help as possible if you work at a company and you're like this company would love to support you this is where that money needs to go i don't do that many sponsorships because i want to save all the goodwill i got to go right to the fundraiser i believe so strongly in having access to gender affirming care as a trans person myself but as a trans person who's often had terrible experiences at doctors being able to get the support we need directly from one another is the best way and is the best way for mutual aid. Okay. We're going to be raising money for binders, gaffs, HRT, that's hormone replacement therapy, and for gender affirming surgeries, including facial feminization surgery, top surgeries, and bottom surgeries. We're going to be doing everything we can to help one another. And the organization we are going this through is the most up and up. The most honest organization I've ever worked we with. love Point of Pride. Point of Pride is amazing. And they are so transparent with everything they do. And they are they almost all the profits. I think like, like basically 100% is no one makes any money no through Point of Pride. It's 100% of everything you go through Point of Pride goes to what we're trying to raise right that is wild and we'll be as as we'll be as transparent as them as well and i love what they do they're an amazing crew and i hope that you help us this year do the same we raised one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars last year in 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 20 hours in 25 hours 24 hours (laughs) (laughs) this year we're going for a million and 30 so whoo boy 30 hours of mercury yeah, I'm sure that's not going to get boring. Mercury and Jory. Okay, yeah. she's going to be just as annoying as I am, I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> thank you everyone for supporting this. I will talk to you soon. And remember, you are worth the time it takes to learn a new skill. Bye bye. The theme song for the Handyman Hotline was written by Rody Walker. The questions were picked out by our production assistants, Ray and Basil. And the sound was engineered by Matthew Allen Hag. Thank you for listening. See you next time. This episode is sponsored by our friend Snug Plug. You know I don't do many sponsorships, so when I do, you know that I believe in the product. 
We all face outlets sometimes that have loose connection. They just fall out. When you're doing your vacuuming or you're trying to charge your phone, it just falls right out of the wall. Well, now with SnugPlug, you don't need to worry about that anymore. You just insert that, and it'll be nice and snug. A wonderful invention that I think you should get as well. And you can support us here at the podcast by going to the affiliate link and getting yourself a SnugPlug. If you enjoyed this episode of the Handyman Hotline, you can listen to an even longer version by supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon, $10 or more, you'll be able to get an extra long 30 to 45 minute section every single week. Isn't that amazing? More of me and Maggie. Wow! So thank you so much for all those who already support us, and you too can support us and listen to more on our Patreon. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us keep the pirate ship alive by supporting our sponsors, the wonderful iFixit. They fight for your right to repair and makes really cool tools in the process. If you need to fix your phone, laptop, or even a vacuum, iFixit has thousands of parts, tools, and free guides to make your life a little bit easier. So grab your hammer and nails and paint your nails if you want to. You're